You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. A few weeks ago, I started ministering on something. It's been interesting because for years I would teach a series and it would be boom, 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 week after week after week. But I, the Lord's just been intertwining and doing things differently. And uh, so I just obey the Lord every, every week and just minister what he wants me to minister. And uh, so I started a few weeks ago talking about levels of love. And the Lord really showed me something, gave me a, an insight as to where we are as a church and where we've come from, but where we are. And we, we really collectively as a church have really learned how to walk in love to a certain level. But the Lord began to show me that there's always room for increase. And we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter, uh, chapter 3. And I want to show you, we're going to look at chapter 3 and chapter 4. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Everybody say increase, increase. in all areas. So I, when I was in prayer last night, and my Saturday nights are, are, I have two hours that are just devoted to praying and just listening and just asking the Lord things that he puts on my heart to ask. And one of the things that I, I, uh, I wrote down and I, I told the Lord, and I was just, it was just him impressing this on my heart, is that I don't want any more partial manifestation. I, I don't know about you, but when I read the scriptures and I see things happen, or I'll look at other people, other churches, other ministries, and if I see a level that I'm not at yet, I'm not envious, but I think, God, I want to see those things manifest in my life or be made known in my life. And so I'm just like on a track that I don't want any area, and I mean any area, that is lacking. And, you know, Liz was talking about, you know, the whole perfection thing. And we are pressing on to perfection. And one day when we go to heaven, then we'll, our, our bodies and our souls will be perfect, right? But when we got born again, our spirits changed and became perfect. So we actually have the perfection of God on the inside of us. The, because we have the fullness of God. And because we have the fullness, there is no lack in him. And because he is in us, we have no lack. So what I want to see is I want to see all the fullness that God has placed on the inside of me. I want to see it actually be made known on the outside. And so there's always this, um, there's always this thing with the Lord about, and even sometimes, even some of the songs we sing, I think, Lord, I agree with that, but I do not agree with that. <laughs> and I'm the one who picked to sing them. But like we say things about asking the Holy Spirit to come, and there's a measure of that that's accurate because we want his manifested presence in our midst. If he doesn't show up, there's no reason to be here. But there's also a recognition that regardless of whether you sense him or feel him or have his fullness, you know that he is already there. Amen. Am I making sense to anybody? So, you know, we've got all of the God stuff inside of us. We've got We've got God's goodness, his faithfulness, his holiness, his righteousness, his healing. Everything that God has is on the inside of us because, let me ask you this question. When the Holy Spirit, 
Or when, when we invited Jesus into our heart and the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of us, did he leave any of his attributes out when he came to live on the inside of us? No, he, did, he's not, he didn't uh, digress or he's not diluted. He didn't have to dilute himself to come and live on the inside of us. When he came in, he came in with the full deal, the full package, all of heaven, everything that heaven has to offer is now on the inside of us because, uh, because he has it all. <laughs> Amen. So we have it all. So it's just this working out. The word talks about work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You don't work to get it, but once you got it, then you just work out what God's given you. And so I look at this, just that concept that I just shared with you, and I apply that to love. And I think, Lord, all of your love has been given to me. The greatest measure, the fullness of God's love has been given to me and to you. We're actually not lacking love. And sometimes we'll, we'll sing songs or we'll say things like, Lord, show me your love. And it's kind of like, if you have the right understanding, it's okay, but really, we shouldn't be asking God to love us more. He can't love us any more than we're already loved. We can't be favored any more than we're already favored, but what we're really saying is, Lord, let it be made known in my life because I'm not operating at the highest level, and love is one of those things that we need to operate at a higher level. Look here in First Thessalonians chapter 3, and in verse... I don't really know what verse. I read this a few weeks ago. Where did that where did that verse go? Yes, 12. I think someone said 12. It says, and, and may the Lord make you increase. Thank you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. So there's an abounding in love. Well, if you jump over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, so next chapter over. And you look at verse 9, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 9. It says, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. So he's saying, you already know God's love because God's taught his love to you personally. And he says, so you don't even need for me to write to you about this. And you're already showing love to the people in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. I know I shared this with you, and I'll just keep sharing it because I love to hear this. But when I was out on a jog one day, and the Lord, I was listening to Bill Johnson, and he was talking about what love was. And he said, love is not the opposite of hate, but it's complacency. And if you were to ask, you know, the common person, what's the opposite of love? They would just say hate. I think I probably would have said hate. But really, it's complacency. When you're talking about the opposite of God's kind of love, you're talking about complacency. Because God was anything but complacent when it came to the condition of mankind. He saw us in the need, the need that we had, in the condition that we were in, and he was anything but complacent, but literally giving his own son, sparing not his own life, he gave his, his love, and it was a pursuit after people. And I, I believe that the greatest measure of manifested glory and miracles and healing and everything that, that we could ever see will only come on the heels of a great measure of love that we're walking in. And we should have a perfection of love working towards a perfection of love inside the house before we expect to see it outside the house. Because if we have saints that are here, that we're collected together, 
under one name, Jesus, and we can't go to the highest level of love with each other, it's almost, it's almost hypocritical to go out into the world and say, I've got something for you, but we're unwilling to really go to the place of avoiding any kind of complacency with our brothers and sisters. And I want to say this, that I, I commend, and I, I do this regularly, especially to other people, but I also do to you. I commend you all for your love walk. It's, it's incredible. I am so thankful. I feel honored to pastor a church that when I walk in the doors, you guys love on me. Good morning. I'm so glad to see you. Is there anything I can do for you? I love that. I mean, I think that that's, that didn't come by accident. We, we were intentional about that stuff, and we've been intentional for a while. And so just to cut out disunity and, and really move forward and, and just loving people, like that's something we've been intentional about. And I'm so proud of you guys. I really am. But the Lord began to show me that there are actually levels of love. And I'm going to hit these real quick. And then I want to share with you some obstacles that would keep us from actually walking in love to the, to the fullest ability, to the fullest potential. Because, again, there's always room for, gro- for growth. This is why Paul was writing to the Thessalonians. And he said, abound, increase, continue moving upward and onward in that. And so these are five, what I call five levels of love. It might be a better way to say five levels of interacting with human beings. That might be a way to say it because the very least level is recognizing someone as a human. Well, we, would, we might even do that for our enemies. In fact, we should do that for our enemies because we're supposed to bless those who curse us and pray for those who spitefully use us, pray for your enemies, all that stuff. And so I, I think a better way than saying love, because what I want to do is I want to make a distinction today. I want to make a distinction between what we have known to be normal interaction, whether it be inside or outside the church with other humans, in God's kind of love. Because there is a definite difference between God's kind of love and just the general, hey, I love you, hope everything's going fine. It's good to have that, and you can't have a, a deep, deep, intimate, close relationship with everybody, and that's actually not what this is about. But this is about what is going on inside of our heart, our mind, our, just the way we think, the way we process, the way we relate to people. And we should have God's love so, so amped up on the inside of us, which is not the right word, but it's such a high level on the inside of us that when we see people in need, instead of judgment coming out, it's compassion that immediately releases. And I can tell you now that I'm not all the way, I'm not all the way to that level that I want to be, but I have moved and I've continu- I'm continuing to move to the level that God wants me to be at. And it used to be years ago, I would see people in specifically in certain ways and in certain things, I would see people and I immediately would be like, well, they're like that because of da, 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 da. And I can't believe that they're doing that. And they should take better care of their kids. And, you know, just whatever, whatever the situation would be. And the Lord began to deal with me. And just even people that are, are just stupid. I mean, sometimes you look around and you go, I can't even believe you're breathing right now. Why are you doing that? And I look at some of the people that are, that are politically speaking, that do really stupid stuff. And I think, how, how, how do you even have enough brain cells to breathe and and continue in the manner you're in. But anyways, thank you, Jesus. I'm not going down that road. <laughs> but even people, even people that do things that are totally messed up and even heinous, which heinous is a word that I use just to describe the most messed up thing that somebody could do, I guess. I don't know. Even people that are doing heinous things, they got in that place 
because of some kind of condition or some kind of issue or some kind of problem or some kind of way that they were raised or some kind of demon that got a hold of them that's caused them to come to that place. Because when they were, before they were even born, before they were even formed in their mother's womb, God already had a plan for those people. He already had a design and a desire for those people that they're not walking in. And, I, and I'm not saying that there's not a place for, for evildoers and evil people. Like, I look at the, some of the people that are controlling our world, and, man, they need to be cut off. They're just, anyways, I need to be quiet. So I could preach it, but I'm trying to be careful. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to go down that track because I've, I've, I've got a righteous anger in me towards the things that come against righteousness in our, in our land and in our, in our nation. And I, just side note, nugget, let me slide this in here. I actually meant to do this this morning during worship, and I just forgot to do it. But I, you know what? I want to do this right now. I just want to stand up, and I want to pray for our country right now. I just feel impressed to do that. And just stretch your hands towards the flag over there. And I want you to stand with me in faith. Listen, I'm going to tell you something to the Lord. Listen to me very carefully. I just feel the anointing of God on me right now for this. The Lord spoke to me this morning, and he said, faith has a language. All it needs is a voice. There's a language to faith. It's believing. It's moving forward. It's steadfast. It's hopeful expectation, but it needs a voice to it. And we are that voice. We're that voice. And I believe other believers across our nation are that voice for our country. Because if we don't stand and pray and speak and believe, who's going to do it? So let's come into agreement. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for this blessed country that you have given us. And Lord, it is, I believe it's under siege at the moment. I don't even think it's, I don't even know all of what's going on. But it's not, it's not at the place that it was meant to be. And so God, we are speaking in agreement with your blessing and with your plans. And Father, that the days of America are not over. It might come to an end, but we believe by the Spirit of God and we believe by the, the, the words of multiple prophets who we have come to trust and know that, that America's days are not over. And so we come into agreement in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for increase. We thank you that righteousness will prevail throughout this land. Father, we will not we will not. Stop speaking your truth, your word, your oracles, your precepts. And Father, I thank you that we can take ground if by no other means than going into the prayer closet, coming into church on Sunday morning and declaring the goodness and the word of the Lord over our, over our nation. And so, Father, I thank you that America will continue to rise, that America will have greater days even ahead of her. And, Father, we know that it's not, not going to be because of who's in the White House, but it's because of who is on the house of our heart, King Jesus. And, Father, I thank you that it's an awakening that's happening in our country. And that no, I just pray in Jesus' name that no one, no one could rightly look and say that it was of man that turned things around, but it was God. It was God who brought healing to our land. It was God who, who brought all of the things that are in darkness to light and brought the things that have, been, that have been hidden, brought them forth so that truth could come forth. 
And Father, we will, not, we will not ever give credit to any man, but only to you, King Jesus. And Lord, we look with hopeful expectation, even while we're here on the earth, we will look with an expectation that one day you are going to come ultimately and sit on the throne in Jerusalem, and you will reign and you will rule for a thousand years, and you will set everything in order. And our hope is not lost because of who our king is. But Father, I know that between now and then, you've got great things that you're going to do with this nation. We declare it. We believe it. We stand on it. We keep pressing forward. And we're going to speak with a hopeful expectation over our nation in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And I'll tell you, I believe it's when you get when you get God's kind of love, not only for people, but also for your nation it will cause you to, to pray like that. It will cause you to have an expectation like that. Faith works by love. This is in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. If you want to believe the best about somebody or something, you first need to get in love. You first need to get in God's kind of love. Amen. And so this, uh, this idea of having the way we relate to human beings, this is actually when I shared this a few weeks ago, I was thinking, honestly, I was thinking... <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this is going to be even really be any good. And I just, but I felt impressed to share it. I knew the content would be good, but I'm like, I don't know what's going to come out, whatever. And I had more people say, I needed that so I needed to hear that word. That really clarified some things for me. And so, and it clarified things when the Lord showed it to me. But we need to see, we need to be able to be honest about where we are at, at our level of loving people. And if you remember, we talked about a few weeks ago, I'll just remind very quickly that Peter he said to Jesus, he said, I will lay down my life for you, which is really the highest level of love. And I'm going to come back and hit these in just a second. But he said, I'll lay down my life for you. That sounded like the highest form of love that, that you could have. And then Peter, that's when uh, Jesus told Peter, he said, no, 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 you won't. <laughs> you're you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And Peter's like, no, Lord, no, far be it from me, Lord. And, of course, as the story goes, he denied Jesus three times. And so then later on, after Jesus uh, had died and rose and he was meeting with them, and he asked Peter, he said, Peter, do you, I think the order was, he said, do you um, agape me? And he said, I phileo you. He said, and if you just read it in English, he said, Peter, do you love me? And, and uh, Jesus asked him, and then Peter said, Lord, you know that I love you. But if you go and look in the Greek, it's he's saying, Peter, do you agape me? And then Peter says, Lord, you know I phileo you. And so they went back and forth. And then one time Jesus switched his language up and he said, um, well, I don't remember. But he ended up asking, I don't remember all of the, how they switched it up in there. But it was this conversation back and forth between Peter and Jesus of getting Peter to understand where he was really at at the level of his love. And then finally Jesus asked him and he said, do you, do, you, uh, do you love me? I don't remember which one he said. Oh, he said, do you agape me? And then Peter turned around and he said, Lord, you know all things. And you know I only phileo you. You know that's the level that I'm at. So here you have Jesus, the Lord, the resurrected Savior saying, Peter, I want to know, do you agape me? And he couldn't answer, yeah, I agape you, Lord. I love you with an unconditional lay down my life kind of love for you, just like you have done for me. I love you that same way. He said, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I only phileo you. 
But what happened is that Peter was able to grow because he was honest about the current condition that he was in. He was honest about the capacity that he was operating in at that moment concerning love. It's good for us to realize, you know what? I've had some thoughts and I've had some thinking and I've had some stuff go on that I'm really operating at a lower level than where I should be. Can anybody, anybody ever been there before? That's a good, that's a really, really good thing. That means that your pride's coming down or your pride is down and you're able to be honest about where you're at. It's amazing. Pride is what it's, it's, you have a prideful person. They're so prideful that you can't tell them that they're prideful because they're so prideful that they won't listen to you. But it's like when people keep this facade of pride, it doesn't hurt anybody except for them. I mean, it can hurt other people, but it definitely hurts them. And it's like, if we'll just lower ourselves down, be honest, lower our pride down, be honest about where we are at, then God can have breakthrough. Then God can come in and do what he wants to do. I've come to find this out, and Liz said this earlier, that he's a gentleman. He won't come in and force you to do anything. We have to cooperate with the Lord. So just going to the Lord and say, Lord, where am I at? Where am I at? Show me where I'm really at. And that can be a scary thing because he might say, you know, you really don't love people all that well, so you have a long ways to go, you know. But anyway, so these are the five levels of, of love or ways of relating to people. Number five, the lowest form, and you might say that there's eight or there's ten. I, God gave me five. One is just recognizing people as a human being. You know, Hitler was not at this level, right? He had a lower level of, of relating to people and to where he saw actual people, many of them not as humans, but of course they were God's creation. And then number four is just a level of putting up with, and this is based out of Ephesians chapter four, where it's, he says, uh, he says, um, basically I beseech you to walk worthy of your calling that you put up with one, one another, you bear with one another, you put up with one another. And so that's a level of love that you can come to, to where you're willing to, um, you're willing to be around people and you're willing to, in your heart, now if you're saying this, then you're really off. But it's a level of your heart to where you're around someone and you can just think, I'll, I'll, I'll tolerate you. <laughs> you ever had anybody like that in your life? And it's like, your thoughts are, I want to punch you in the face, but that's definitely not God's kind of love. And I'm not there because I'm having those thoughts, but I am, I am going to put up with you. I recognize you're, you're a human being and I'm, I'm going to put up with you. And a lot of you have got like seven people flashing through your minds, all right? So we're going we're gonna to keep working up this ladder. If, you're, if their names are flashing through your minds, then you need to work on this. Amen. I've just exposed where you're at. So, but that's, that's a level that we, we have to come to. Um, and I, I think you could kind of look at this as like a ladder. But let me say this. When you look at God's and get into God's kind of love, the lay down your life kind of love, when you get to that level, all the other things just fall in place. Because instead of looking at somebody and thinking, I want to punch you in the face, but I'm going, to, I'm going to put up with you, you'll start to have compassion because of the condition that they're in. You realize that people get hateful and nasty and bitter and angry and all the ways, that, the stuff that they do, because they have a, a brokenness, they have a fracture, they have an issue in their soul and their mind and their heart. They're not in connection with God like they need to be. So us having the, the anger of man is not going to work the righteousness of God in that situation. So for us just getting to a place where we say, you know what, God, my love for them is going to have nothing to do with their love for me. But it's going to be because you have chosen to love them and, and because you love me and because I know love. And I'm going to get into this in just a minute. Because I know love, that's what's causing me to love these people with an unconditional. I would, even though they're spitting in my face, I would lay down my life for them. 
You realize that the people that put Jesus on the cross, that he, that Jesus died for those same people, literally the ones that whipped him, the ones that spit on him, the ones that mocked him, all, even the religious Pharisees, he died and paid the price for, for them too with his love, which caused him to go to the cross and say, Father, I will pay all of it. I'll pay it all because of your love for them and the love that I have in my heart for them. I will lay down my life for them. Loving people has, with God's kind of love, has nothing to do with, their, with what they do. Has nothing to do with what they do. They could, be, they could be the worst person in the world, but if you have God's kind of love in you, it will actually cause you to not be angry or upset with them outside or inside, but you'll begin to pursue that person knowing that they need a touch from God, from heaven, and that's why they're in the condition that they're in because they simply don't know God's love. So these, that's the, the, the fourth one down on the rung, and then the next one up is to where we begin to prefer others, and on an average, this is what the Lord showed me, and I wasn't overly excited about this, but I was like, okay, Lord, I'm just being honest, and, and I'm being honest with you. This is the average of where I saw our our church at. But you know what? This is, this is a lot higher than a lot of places I've been, you know, because the, the backbiting and the backstabbing and the nasty, manipulative, controlling, non-loving things that, that I used to hear, it's not there anymore. It's totally gone. It's totally gone. And what's so awesome is there's such, a, there's such an atmosphere of love that as soon as someone gets nasty, people, you guys have learned to protect the culture that we have, that you'd be like, you know what? You shouldn't be saying that. I don't know who you are thinking that you're going to have roast pasta for lunch, but you're, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, or, or whatever it is. It's not about me, but who, whoever it is. Because whether it's me or to the, quote, least of us, not that I'm the greatest, but you get what I'm saying, we should, we should protect those people, because of the love of God that's in our midst, we just constantly prefer one another. That's another level of love. And then you get into like a phileo kind of love, which is an affection. And this is to where you, you actually feel things towards people and you feel ways towards people. And let me say this, that you can actually have all of these down here. You can, you can operate on a level of those without God. Non-believers operate on this level all the time without God. But once you come into God and once you start getting a hold of his kind of love, it makes these much easier. It actually, it makes these automatic. It's just automatic. You don't even have to think about these things. It just works out of you. But the highest level of love that there is is God's kind of love, the kind of love that you would lay down your life. I wanna show you something from 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Are you all getting something out of this? 1 John chapter 4. And then I'm going to give you four obstacles to walking in God's kind of love. But I want to read this passage really quickly here. 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to go to verse 7. And I'd like to read this whole section, but I'll probably jump around a little bit. Here's, I'm going to read this in a way that's going to maybe sound obnoxious to you. But I'm doing it for effect. I'm doing this so that you can really understand this. Because the word love to us is, it just means so many things. You know, I love God. I love my wife. I love my dog. I love ice cream. You know, <laughs> 
I love my car, whatever it is, we use this word, and hopefully you love your wife and your dog. Uh, you love your wife way more than you do your dog, amen? Hopefully you love God more than you love ice cream, right? So we use this word, and we just kind of interchange it that we lose the essence of what the true meaning of God's kind of love is. And so I'm going to read this, and I'm going to replace the word, because if you go back and look in the Greek, it is the word agape all through here. I'm going to read it with the word agape, so you'll hear when I'm saying that. We're talking about an unconditional lay-your-life-down kind of love. That's what we're talking about here. But he says, beloved, let us agape one another. He's not saying, let us just have affection for one another. It includes that. He's not even saying, let us prefer one another, put up with one another, or just recognize people as human beings. He's saying, let us lay our life down with the highest level of love that there is. Keep that in mind. He said, let us agape one another, for agape is of God. Everyone who agapes is born of God and knows God. He who does not agape does not know God, for God is agape. In this, the agape of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that he might live, that we might live through him. Oh my gosh. Let me read that verse again. In this, the agape of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. You want to know what brings life to people? I just read it right there. It's God's kind of love. It says that he sent his son into the world to love us with an unconditional love so that we might live through him. You want to see people change in your life, in your home, in your marriage, in your workplace, all the knuckleheads that need to change? You want to see them change and start having real life? Love them with God's kind of love. It's probably their only hope. It will cause people to be able to live because of what you're giving them that came not from you but from God. As a matter of fact, the way that God's love works is it's not like, okay, they, you know, they, they took my chair again or whatever the situation is. They took my chair again from my office and, you know, I guess we won't cuss at them this time or, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's not God's kind of love. But God's kind of love is like, okay, I am going to go out of my way to make that person know that they are special they are called, that they have a purpose in their life. You know, I mean, whatever the scenario would be. But you get my point. It's to where you're actually pursuing. You're going beyond what's normal. Jesus went beyond what was normal by laying down his life. You realize that nobody, I mean, nobody could have because they weren't perfect, but nobody had gotten to the point to where they laid down their life for the world. That was new. That was fresh. Jesus pioneered that. He pioneered love. God's actually called us to pioneer love in situations. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> let, let, me, let me show you the definition of a pioneer. Listen to this. This will knock your socks off. The 
no, I don't, I don't want to buy your program. Okay. Look at this. Jesus pioneered love. And we're called to do the same thing. I'll listen to this. Here is a definition of a pioneer. It's a plant or animal. And I'm not saying you're just a plant or an animal. Some of you might act like animals. But anyways, it's a plant or animal capable, just listen to the definition, of establishing itself in a bare, barren, or open area and initiating an ecological cycle. So what, <laughs> that's awesome, isn't it? So what this looks like is you could have, I don't know what kind of plant or animal it would be, but it would be one that you could go, and I just think about a barren area like a desert. You could go where it's barren, there's no fruit there, there's no produce there, there's nothing there, and because it goes there, it creates an entire ecological cycle that brings life to everything else around it. And if we will learn to pioneer love, that's exactly what we can do in any and every situation in our life, in our home, in our marriage, in every relationship we have in our workplace, no matter what it is. Choose, you just choose. You choose love. You choose love. And if you are born again, born again, you have within your capacity to walk in this kind of love. To know, regardless of what people are doing, you can literally stand and have people spitting in your face, and it doesn't move you. Because you know what? If we are really in Christ, we're dead. Or we should be. And you know what? If you're dead, you can spit on a dead man. You can kick a dead man. You could throw a dead man off the cliff. You could do, you could do whatever. And he's not going to be moved by it. He won't react in, in emotions. I mean, imagine if you just had a corpse sitting here and you just spit on it. Not that you, that, would be, that would be disrespectful. So don't, you know, anyways. Whatever, sorry, maybe that's too far. But anyways, I'm just imagining this. If that was happening, that corpse would not respond. Why? Because it's dead. If we're really dead to our feelings, our emotions, and, and our, where we're at in the situation, and they did this and they did that, if we're really dead, then we won't respond to that kind of stuff. We'll just say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to learn. Well, we, might, we won't react to it, but we'll learn to respond in love. And say, you know what, God, I'm just going to put on love. I'm going to choose love, and I'm going to respond properly so that I can, I can actually come in and pioneer love in this entire situation. When you find somebody that operates so far outside of love, and you choose to walk in love, you choose to walk in God's, God's kind of love that has, is, is not based on how they're treating you, you actually freak people out. They won't even know what to do with it. Because the world is not, even in the church, most of, most of the church is not used to people walking in love and just preferring people and like having this affection and I'll do anything for you. They're not used to that. And so when you do it, they're like, what's going on here? And before you know it, you can change the whole situation around. <laughs> so powerful. Let's pioneer some love in here. Amen. All right, let me give you, I'm going to give these to you, to you quickly because I have to get this, I have to get this out. And then we'll, we'll quit. This is really going to help you. I want to give you, I'm going to give you four obstacles to walking, to walking in love. And I would say you could, you could have, um, it could fit with all of these, but it definitely would fit with God's kind of love, which let me remind you of something. The only way you can really walk in God's kind of love is you have to spend time with the one that it originates from. You need the seed of his love planted in your heart if it's going to produce in your life. Because God's kind of love, again, it's not, it's not you mustering up, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try not to get angry this time. 
you, you've missed it. If, that, if that's where you're at, you've totally missed it. This is about you reconditioning yourself that regardless of what people do, it literally does not affect you. And you might say, well, I don't, how could I ever do that, God? You, if, you, if you're trying to do it, you're going to fail. You're going to miss it. But you spend time with Jesus and you just, you go back and remind, you remind yourself of the fact that you and your condition is what put him on the cross. You realize that, that our former condition and in, in as far as being, uh, you know, lost, sinful people, formerly, that's what put Christ on the cross. And you realize that he knew that the entire time he was hanging there and all the time leading up to that. And even when he first came into an understanding when he was here on the earth, probably as a young boy, and he began to see that all these people are doing all this nasty stuff and I'm getting ready to pay the price for all of them and they don't even give a rip about what I'm getting ready to do. As a matter of fact, I already know because the prophecies are foretold that I'm gonna be whipped and beat and all this stuff's gonna happen. And you know, he had to walk for years not allowing any kind of offense in his heart or in his, in his life, and his mind to rise up. That's pretty incredible. And it says that we're supposed, in the same way that he loved, we're also supposed to love? Wow. So let me give you four things. Write this down. This is really good. Liz, could you come and write these down real quick just so that they've got them there? So I'm going to give you four things that will keep you from or that are obstacles to walking in love. Number one, I'm going to hit this really quickly, is just pride. It's just pride. Pride will keep you from walking in love. And pride basically um, is, that, is that I know better or I am better. Most of the time, prideful people, in fact, I can almost say that all the time, prideful people do not realize that they're prideful. They're not conscious or aware of the fact that they are prideful, and they remain in that. But if, you are, if you're humble enough to ask the Lord if you're prideful, he will tell you that you have a pride problem. It's just how honest do you want the Lord to be with you? How honest are you, how, how much are you willing to really hear from him? And so pride will keep you at a place of, of thinking you're better or believing you're better. And this one goes hand in hand, and these often go hand in hand again, together. And number two is rebellion. It's rebellion because there is a submitting to one another in love that's supposed to be there. Submission is coming under and submission is just, I mean, it's almost a cuss word in the church. I've talked to so many pastors, and they're like, the hardest thing for me to talk about is submission because people think that I'm always looking for them to come under me so I can, I can control them. The last, I can barely control myself. The last thing I want to do is control anybody else. <laughs> so I, I can control myself, by the way. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm not looking to control anybody. But submission is one of the most healthy things that you could ever come into in your life. And you know that rebellion is the opposite of submission, and rebellion can, can manifest in a couple of different ways. One is a very, it's a very outward, like, you know, forget you, uh, whatever. You know, it might look like that. But the other way it would manifest is that actually it wouldn't manifest, but it would be the same kind of attitude on the inside. And it could even be more subtle than that, such as like, you know what, actually, I really am not willing to submit to you. And this could be to other people in love, but it could also be to leaders. To me, one of the greatest problems that we have in the church as a whole, and I'm not saying you guys, but just the church as a whole, is that people won't submit to their pastor. Whew, thank you for those few yeses, and the rest of you, you're the reason why it's so tough. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. But... I'm kidding. You guys are amazing. But this is, this is a, a for real thing, and it's because people's 
I actually, listen to this, I actually have a fear to not submit to authority. I am afraid to not submit to authority. You know why? Because I know that God has placed authority in my life to keep me going on the track that God wants me to go on. I, right now, my spiritual father is still at this moment laying in the hospital, and I haven't been able to talk to him for, since February. And he is one, I have a few, but he is one that I've told him, you can say anything, you can speak anything into my life, anything that you see that needs changed, anything that needs to be worked out, you have my full blessing. Because see, that's the thing, that's the way that real submission works. If somebody has to come and force you to submit, it's not submission, it's control. But when you see someone who carries the heart of God and carries a heart for you, that you say, I'm willing to come underneath of your covering, underneath of your blessing. Now with my kids, they don't have a choice. They were just born into the family. That's just the way it is. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, it's a decision. It's a choice. If I want to come under so that what you have in your life can be a blessing to my life, and if there's anything that needs to change, any area of growth, you have full freedom and full reign to speak into my life. There is more blessing in that than, than what I have time to tell you right now. But I can tell you the enemy has worked so hard against that, and it's because people's mentality about submission has been totally skewed. It's been totally messed up, and a lot of it's because it's come from the pulpit wrongly. It's like, I'm your pastor, submit to me. And it's like, if you have to do that, you know, if you're, when it comes to our kids, we, we develop authority and relationship and submission and stuff based on relationship. I don't have to tell my kids, submit to me. <laughs> I don't have to do that. They just are. You know why? Because they were born into the family. They were loved. And the same for Liz, too. And, and they just are. They just do that. Why? Because we have a relationship with them. So rela- true authority in someone's life is established through relationship. If it's by any other means, it's illegitimate authority. Wow. There's a lot I just said right there. But this, to me, is one of the most important things. And so let me say this, and I'm going to move on because I'm out of time, and I need, to give you, I need to give you a couple more things. But if you are not at a place right now to where you have somebody that's pouring into you personally, it's great that you listen to me or listen to other ministers or whatever. That's great. You need someone personally to pour into your life. This is why we develop serve teams. This is why we have growth track. And this is why we have all the different things that we have going on is so that we can bring people in, build relationship, and develop those relationships to where people can pour into you. And as you grow, you can pour into other people. It's a, that's a very, very healthy thing to have happen. If you, but listen, if you can't name somebody that is able to speak into your life, you are not in a good position. <laughs> it got quiet. <laughs> Would you like to say anything about what I just said? Yeah, you can submit to me. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> Uh, but amen. Amen. If, if you are in a place where nobody can speak into your life, that is not a good position to be in. Everybody needs to grow. There is no highest rung on the ladder. God, he's the highest rung on the ladder. And we should always keep ourselves in a place of, Lord, speak to me. And you, you don't need to get into any kind of weird thing with anybody. I just mean having an open heart to say, I, I want God, I want you to use people to speak into my life. 
I want you to use people to minister to me and to help me see things that I'm just flat out not seeing. That's what submission looks like. I was talking about love, and then I got into talking about submission, which I was afraid that I would if I talked about rebellion, because rebellion is in opposition to submission. And if you are in rebellion, it will keep you from really walking in love with people. Amen. Let me give you uh, number three is offense, and this is, a hu- this is a huge one. This is an obstacle. These are obstacles to walking in love. Offense is a huge obstacle. And offense says this, my hurt is more important than you. That's a heavy revy right there. <laughs> my hurt, when someone is offended, and we use these different words like, well, I'm not offended, but I'm just really wounded. You're offended. And what you're saying is that my hurt, my pain, my suffering, it is more important than me loving you unconditional. And I would say to someone, anybody can get hurt or get offended. And there's, but there's a difference between getting hurt and staying hurt. Getting hurt might be because the situation of the person was, the person was just rotten. But staying hurt, that's your decision. That's your decision to take and to stay there and allow that thing to fester and cause you all the problems and the heartaches and the issues. We have to learn to just release that. And if, and if we're unwilling to get ourselves out of offense, it will hinder us from walking in God's kind of love. There's an example of this in Mark. I'm not going to go there. Just quote it really quickly. In Mark chapter 4 where they were crossing over to the other side. Jesus told them to cross over to the other side. And the wind and waves were, were coming. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> and they, um, you know, Jesus was, a, was asleep on the boat which tells you how much Jesus trusted in the Father and how much they didn't understand because they said, and I used to be pretty hard on the disciples with this, but I'm thinking, eh, they just, they didn't know him because the verses there relay that. But they said, Lord, do you not care that we are perishing? You know what they were saying? How dare you not care about our condition right now? And if they, they had been true, they would have said, our hearts are just so offended and hurt that you're asleep and here we are perishing. You don't even care. They were, they were offended, right? So then Jesus gets up and he rebukes the wind and ra- waves. Everything calms down. And then, then they turn to each other and they said this. This is very telling. They said, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? So this is where I've learned to have a, a, a little more compassion on the disciples, Because I look at it and I go, you were with Jesus. You should have known better. But they didn't know him. Trust comes because of a revelation of God's love. When you know, when you really know him, it will cause you to trust him. It doesn't matter what's going on. You go, you know what, God? My anchor's in you. Uh, It looks like we're getting ready to be destroyed, but um, I'm going to go take a nap and I'm going to let you deal with that. I like that. That might come back to haunt me, actually. <laughs> She's, oh, you don't have your scribe thing here. <laughs> Sometimes she'd be like, remember, you said this. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was just for preaching. I don't practice it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I do practice it. I'm only kidding. I'm kidding. If you're offended right now, you're not walking in love. <laughs> but they didn't know him. Who is this guy that operates like this? And once they got to know him, they realized 
And you can see later on, especially after the day of Pentecost and stuff, these guys started to operate on a level of love that they changed the, the world. They turned the world upside down or right side up. Amen. But if we're offended, it will keep, we're saying, I care more about my current hurt than I do about moving forward past this thing. Then moving forward with you and whatever's going on in your, your life. And we're just called to live at a higher level than that. So we just, we just have to choose not to be offended. But you know what? There's been times when it's been hard. And, and listen, going back to the whole rebellion submission thing, this was a few years ago. I was dealing with something that was just really, it was, I really was done wrong. I've been done wrong a lot, but this one really got to me. And I was on the phone with Pastor Bobby, and I was just talking, and I was just venting. It's, you know what? I don't, I don't encourage venting. I encourage uh, sacrifice your words to the Lord. But I was venting, all right? So it's just where I was. And he stopped me, and he said, you're wrong. And he said, you have got some bitterness in your heart towards that person in that situation. And he said, you're wrong. I repented immediately. And I went in my heart. I couldn't fix the situation at the moment. Sometimes you can't fix the situation, but you can fix your heart in the midst of the situation. It's incredibly important. So I went and immediately I dealt with my heart. I said, God, I know better than this. I know, I know better. Forgive me. And help me move forward. And then I begin to pray over that person. You want to move past the fence, start to pray for the person. Because you'll get the heart of God over them and you won't be able to help but to have compassion for them in their situation. People hurt people because they're hurt. And if you can see that and look past their hurt at you, you can break that nasty demonic cycle and you can have the love of God injected into the thing. Thank you, Jesus. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.